Ah, yeah. It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy. Original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Russ Fisher, Izzy Alkafos, and Akash Patel. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast, episode 243. Your host, Izzy Alkafos, should be John Paul Hurley, but he's apparently on a hot date. He's completely MIA. I don't know what's going on. We do know that he started a date at 6 o'clock, and he's still there. Um, I don't know, man. Like the, the lack of commitment from this guy is unbelievable. But joining with me today is Akash Patel, per usual. What's up, man? You know, you're like... You're like Roddy White. You just mm-hmm. always show up and produce. Absolutely. You know, At Hurley's Hurley's a lot like who's who's Hurley's comp here? Harry Douglas. Well, he's better than Harry Douglas. He's like <laughs> he's like early he's early career Fred Taylor. Like when he when he's okay. here, he's great, but he's not ever here. You know. Mm-hmm. So we got yeah. Fred Taylor and and Roddy White. So we're gonna we're gonna do this kind of like a a stock up, stock down session. We're just going to go through. Also, we're going to talk about an injury or two. Uh, but the stock up, stock down session could be pretty simple. We'll start with the stock downs. What we're doing with said players, are we buying or selling? Um, and then maybe a little insight. Uh, and then same thing with the stock ups. So we'll kind of breeze through this. We got a lot of names through two weeks. And then uh, kind of figure out where we're going from there. First things first, uh, Trey Lance. Dude, we didn't get enough. We didn't get enough of Trey Lance. He kind of, I guess we can kind of start with the downs and put Trey Lance in there because obviously his stock is pointing straight down. Mm-hmm. What do you, uh, what do you make of well, first? Let's talk about what you saw to Trey Lance this season so far, and then what this does for his value uh, in Dynasty. So he's currently with the update. He's currently QB fourteen behind, ju- just behind Justin Fields. And just ahead of Aaron Rodgers at QB fourteen, yeah. Just jump into Trey Lance. You can kind of pivot this however you want. Yeah, we we didn't see we did not see a lot from Trey Lance. We saw the monsoon game, and then we saw a couple snaps of a normal game. So really, nothing, not no big takeaways from performance. It's just the the injury absolutely sucks that he's going to be out for the season. His price is obviously falling. Um, what I'm doing with him in Dynasty is that I'd be looking to buy him right now just because of a policy of always buying injured players because you see their price start to rise as we exit point scoring season because obviously if they're not scoring points, their their price is going to be lower relative to people who are scoring points. And so as we go enter the offseason, I think we're going to see Trey Lance's stock pointing up as people start to focus more on the player's potential the way that we were in this past offseason. And so I'd be buying him like, one trade I saw, for example, on Twitter, and then something that I think is very possible looking at the calculator right now is flipping Aaron Rodgers for Trey Lance. And in a year's time after the season, sure, if you're if you're rebuilding, it's a great move because Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to need his low QB1 season. And at the end of the year, he's going to be 38, 39, and Trey Lance is still going to be 23. And... He's a lot younger, and he's going to have a lot higher dynasty value, and so that's a great move to make right now for buying Trey Lance. Absolutely. Um, I think also it doesn't need to be quarterback for quarterback. Yeah. Where he is in terms of players, he's in the pocket of you know like a guy like Dalvin Cook, 
uh, mm, running that's back. Another, so if, that's a great one. If you're a team that has Dalvin Cook and you want, I would look at hopefully Trey Lance was on a team that at least has title aspirations mm-hmm. and then moving Dalvin Cook for Trey Lance is a slam dunk, I think. Absolutely. And if I have, if I have Trey Lance and I just lost him, it's a pretty big blow. I'm not going to look to try to like plug that with a guy like, like a Mariota, Wentz, et cetera. I'm, I, like mostly, mostly I'm just going to be okay. And I saw this put earlier uh, on Twitter by Jacob Sanderson, 11 out of 12 teams in your league aren't going to win. At this point, it's okay to say, okay, maybe I'm one of those 11, cut my losses and look towards the future. I'm not going to sell Lance short right now and keep trying to have these delusions of contending. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Um, I always say like the, the team, the, the, the first teams that the earlier you cut bait, mm-hmm. the better you are for the future. I mean, that's just Absolutely. how it is. You can't, you can't wait till week eight and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to toss it in. Because now mm-hmm. all the people that are willing to move future picks have already moved them. Yeah. All the people that were willing to move those injured players have already moved them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So you can't be late to the party on throwing in the towel. Mm-hmm. So the earlier, Absolutely. the better, 100%. And is it, is it easy to tell if you're a contender or pretender after two weeks? Honestly, you should know. At this point, through two weeks, you should know I've faced a lot of adversity. Trey Lance is a great, or a, yeah, Trey Lance is a great example. If he was your QB two and you got nothing behind him, then think about what you have to liquidate to replace Trey Lance, and then the cost benefit of that just it's not going to add up. Mm-hmm. So it's a bullet Absolutely. you just got to bite and move on. So 100% agree there. Um, and I think you're spot on. With Trey Lance, like you're you're buying him now. He's going. We have him right in the. If you did a startup now, he'd be going in the fourth round of startups. Mm-hmm. Seems and reasonable. This seems reasonable. And then by the time next season rolls around, he's probably going to climb into the third round of startups. Third um, and second, if people get really aggressive, like correct. they were this off season. Yeah, early third. I would say it's mm-hmm. reasonable. Mid third. Yeah. Um, and then what's going to end up happening, I think with Trey Lance's value, like this is the initial like shock, but what we're going to see in the next few weeks is Trey Lance's value is probably going to slowly depreciate, not to a, not to a massive depreciation, but he'll probably go down a little bit where instead of being a early fourth startup pick, he'll probably be like an late fourth startup pick, which -hmm. will continue just to make him a potential buy. Uh, because what happens now is people are, they're. Yes, you lost Trey Lance, but they're still like they're still in denial. Like shit, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get rid of them. But then what's gonna end up happening is they might get lucky and win a game or win a couple games, and now they're like, oh shit, I could use that quarterback, and then that could field a buying opportunity for Trey Lance. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's every every league's a little different depending on who has them. But um, I always notice that like when an injury first happens, like the first week of an injury, you can't buy the player for the cheapest. It's usually the two or three week window after a player gets hurt where you can. Yeah, definitely. There's going to be plenty of opportunities over the next few weeks and months for you to buy Trey Lance. For sure. So we both agree Rodgers plus Stafford plus um, or just straight up. Yeah, I think you can do that straight up looking at the calculator. Yeah, they're probably in that same pocket. For sure. And then running backs like Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, maybe. Derrick Henry's Derrick probably Henry's a little bit, low. Little bit after, far after down. this game, I'm guessing he's going to drop. <laughs> yes. Um, he, he should, definitely. Updated. Yes. 
That's true. Austin Eckler, another one. Joe Mixon, etc. Like all these guys, 26, 27, just sell them off. And that's a great value move. Yeah. Do you feel that he should be higher than the guys above him? Dak, Russ, Justin Fields? Lance? No, I don't. Okay. So you think that he's properly placed at 14? Yeah, he is proper. I get like those two things are true that he is properly placed right now in the time when we need points and we're looking for points. And also as we exit this season of scoring points, his value is going to go up. Okay. Who would you rather have fast forward, Fields or Trey Lance? Fast forward past this season? Like, yeah. Oh, here's the thing. At the the same time, they're both the same thing. So Justin Fields might as well be hurt because the way that he's playing, he's not going to win you any (laughs) games anyways. No, but Fields has a lot higher downside, but he also has the upside of actually playing well. True. He has a lot wider range of outcomes right now. Yes, I tend to agree with that. But Fields will likely be the starting quarterback next year, just like Lance will likely be the starting quarterback next year as well. Mm-hmm. So, and Fields is not going to help you win a championship. So, neither player is going to help you win a championship. So, you'd rather have Lance straight up than Fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so, yes. It's tough. Like the the Justin Fields experience and the whole Chicago, Chicago Bears offense is just absolutely awful. Yep. Uh, would you do Kirk Cousins in a second or Derek Carr in a second to acquire Lance? Yes, I would just because I think that that move is going to look good over the offseason. When you're looking back, it's going to look good. What about Zach Wilson, Mac Jones in a second? Are those easy yeses? Yeah. The same similar value. Yeah. That's yeah. tough though. Yeah. Um it's tough. Yeah. Just trying to buy as low as I can right now. Yep. And another thing too, if you're going for if you're playing for next year, the more injured players that you can accumulate, <laughs> the better because they're gonna increase in value and they don't help you win. So then it helps your draft pick. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So all right. So moving on from there, we just talked about them uh with Lance. Justin Fields Stock pointing straight down, arrow pointing straight down. Are you in full-blown panic mode on fields? No, not full-blown panic mode. Kind of. Not like full-blown panic, but I am very worried. Yes, this offense looks absolutely horrible, and fields does not look great himself. Are you buying, and we will probably talk about a couple of these guys later potentially, but let's talk about the offense in general. Are you buying anybody in that offense at current prices? No, I'm not. So you're not buying Mooney. You're not buying nope. Cole Komet. See, that's where we differ. Like, they're, they're not producing because they're not passing. Yeah. Eventually, they will or they should. So once that happens, Mooney's going to go back to getting his seven, eight targets a game. Are they? What, what you, Mooney will, yes. Is he? I mean, right now, no, yeah. He has like three targets or something. Right, but out of how many pass attempts? <laughs> uh, I think he has like a... Well, I mean, I can check right now. He has a 17% target share, 18% target share. Okay. And Komet has a 7% target share. I mean, these aren't... These aren't good, like great, good players we're talking about. These are... Perfectly average players that we're talking about, honestly. See, Mooney, uh, Mooney is in terms of Mooney's better than Komet, obviously. He is a fine wide receiver. But when you're looking at them, it's not like I'm betting on the talent necessarily, just because 
one, this offense is not going to be a passing offense with these weapons. Like we've seen this through the first couple of weeks, and I do expect the passing to go up. But even when when it does go up to a reasonable, like lowest in the league level, like 27 to 30 attempts per game, then you're still not going to have these guys be productive. Why do you say that? I mean, if he, so here's the thing. I mean, Mooney had 100, what, 140 targets last year? Mm-hmm. On a 27% target share. Yeah. 27% target. So I don't see anything that's changed for Mooney to where he wouldn't get back to getting a 25% target share over the long run. I don't know. It, the thing that's changed, not, not like necessarily changed, but like 27% target share, 25% target share was always outkicking his coverage in terms of talent. But there's nobody else to replace him. Like Equinemius is the second best receiver right now. That's the wide receiver too in that offense. Right. And Equinemius has more targets than him so far. I don't right. know. Right. So it's tough. You know, it's the, cream, like, the cream rises. Yeah. Mooney will eventually go back to leading this team in targets. But I don't know if he ever gets back to having a 25% target share. So week one was monsoon game. Week mm-hmm. two was the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I think those are two pretty, like, those aren't the easiest of matchups for a wide receiver one with no passing no especially not a wide receiver one who can't function as the wide receiver one it's just not it's not it's just not conducive to a good passing attack and it shows in them not passing like that's the problem with the bears offense is that in order to have a good passing offense to support good weapons you need to have weapons that aren't darnell mooney and cole Komet. that's why these guys aren't going to be productive or ultra productive yeah. So let's talk about Mooney's value right now. Mm-hmm. So in the calculator, he's worth basically a mid 23 second. Yeah, I would sell him for a 23. What is sell him for a 23 second? That's tall. Uh, the 23 class is so good and so many good wide receivers are going to be pushed down. Then, I don't know. Yeah, this offense is absolutely abysmal right now. So I don't mind selling that low, but I don't know. It does feel low, but also accumulating 23 seconds is going to be a smart move because a lot of good players are going to get pushed down. And obviously, the way that we evaluate players, we can cross like prospects we don't like off our board and increase our hit rate in the second round and turn like and like having a good class turns like a 33% hit rate into like a maybe like a 50% hypothetically. And then we can increase that even further by isolating good players. Yeah. Would so. you rather would you rather have the the thing with Mooney is the guys that are around him, I think it's Mooney over those guys. I know. I, I just scrolled down and boy does it get rough. It's like Rondale Moore, Alan Lazard. You like Adam Wandale? Thielen. Yeah. I like Wandale, and, yeah. Yeah. Thielen, Thielen I mean that's but that's a big drop off. Like, cause Thielen, Wandale, those are late seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. Rondale is like Rondo's like a late second, but if you try to sell him in your league, you're only going to get thirds. Yeah. Yeah, because people are still holding out hope. I mean, he's been hurt. Um, like, like Chase, once again, Chase Claypool's another one where people are holding out hope. I think I'd rather have Mooney than, than Claypool. But yeah. his value is just, people are still hanging on to Claypool's value based on a small set of games in his rookie season. Yeah. That's you know? True. He hasn't been. He he was not great last year, and then so far, well, he's been holding off picking so far, but I don't think that continues. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, with with Mooney at at that price, I mean, maybe I wouldn't give up a second to acquire him, but I wouldn't. I would absolutely flip Claypool for Mooney. I would just try it. 
you know uh yeah i i try to honestly but i don't know like that meme i always put on twitter of these players having a mid off <laughs> and, and honestly kenny pickett's if, if trubisky keeps being a trash can basically mm-hmm. yeah. they're gonna get like a better quarterback in my opinion kenny pickett but i still th- i think at that point it's going to be more in favor of Deontay Johnson and, and Pickens. I think both of those players are better than Claypool. Right now so, on the on the season, Deontay has a 30% target share. He's just completely alphing both these players. Claypool has a 16% target share. And, and a 16% target share, doesn't matter like if your quarterback is Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky, you're not going to be productive. Yeah. Yeah. But I could say the same for Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. So... Another player, I mean, Cole Komet, you said not touching him. No, but no, no. honestly, I would at basically, what do you think Cole Komet's worth right now? Third? Early third? I don't know about. Do you think he's still have to a second? Short. He thinks people are still expecting Titan a second? premium. Tight end premium. Dude. That's tough. No, nah, his price is way, is, his price is very down right now. Okay, I would send Taysom Hill and Kate on for him. How about that? Well, yeah, they're they're a little bit below, <laughs> but like, would you sell? They're like point one below him. Yeah. What about Higby, Likely, Tanyan? Would you sell? Honestly, I would rather have Higby. That's kind of gross, but he's getting the usage and he's in a good offense that actually passes the ball. Yeah. That's gross. I don't like Higby at all, but <laughs> so, I don't like him at I mean, all. No. He's so he's properly placed there. It's just I not. Guess so. It's just not ideal. And honestly, no, not. Higby is not going for, like, people aren't giving up seconds to acquire Higby. No. no. So that's kind of where we're at. But anyway, so I'm saying if you can get Cole Komet for, hold on. If you can get Cole Komet for a late, late second or an early third in Superflex or uh, in Titan Premium, absolutely do it. And same thing with Mooney. If you can. Late second, I would take the late second. The third, I would take Komet hesitantly, but. I honestly, I am. There's enough there for me to. He's still a 23 year old tight end, and there's enough there for me to say yes. I could. He just needs to return. He just needs to have a decent set of three or four mm. games for him to mm. balloon back up to high second. I say what you want about Cole Komet so far. I do expect him to have more yards in the future games than he has had so far. Yes. Yeah. With his stat line of what two targets for zero yards through two games, horrible, yeah. abysmal. I think it changes. I think they're they're two of the easiest buys in my opinion if you get them at the right price. Because everyone's so, low on them. Yes, everyone's I low. Get on it. Them. I guess, but also there's very good reason to be low on them. Yeah, I, I get that, but there's also very good reason to buy on the on the dip, buying the dip here. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Wilson. Staying in the quarterback pocket. I know we kind of talked about Bears there for a second. Are you at all worried about Russell Wilson? Um, I'm not that worried, honestly. Like, we've seen a whole career of him being a good quarterback, and this is only two games. Like, not, like, panicking as much as, like, if this was, a, like, a second-year quarterback who we hadn't seen anything from in his career. And so it is a little concerning. Like, I don't know, I think it's mostly like the coaching not being great. But yeah, it's a Hackett problem, right? Yeah. Hackett can't hack it. Simple as that. Yeah, Hackett can't hack it. But, um, yeah. 
but Russ has been a good quarterback for his entire career, and I think they can figure it out. So we'll see. So you're buying? Uh, I'd be holding. Because his value hasn't dropped all that much. No, yeah, it, it hasn't dropped. I I would continue to hold. Okay, you're holding there. I, I and I agree with you. Um, shifting to running backs, we got a list here. We'll kind of go. We'll go quick on these. Mm-hmm. The arrows pointing down on. Let's start at the top. Najee Harris. Yeah, be selling him. I'd sell him a little low for sure. You so you're willing to take a loss? Yeah, just to I get will. out from under him. Yes. So what is your what is your loss marker? I don't know. Where's his value at? I just trade him at value. I, I he's definitely fallen a little bit. I don't know if he's fallen that much right now. He's still in the same tier that he was before of like Javante CMC. Little bit, but he's like at the low end of the tier now instead of the high end, but still above guys like I don't know. He's still right above Saquon. That's a I'd do that one for one. Yeah, and Saquon honestly, he he struggled too. I mean, in this last week. Yeah, but he had a good first game. Very good. First he had a game. first game. Yeah, and I think Najee's touchdown. And here's the thing: a lot of people just look at points. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's kind of where you can take advantage because people are looking at points and production. They're not watching all of the games. And right now, you know, Najee's still RB2 territory. Um, he's not great. but yeah, he has 12, 12 points per game on the season and like three yards per carry. It's yeah. absolutely hilarious. The yards per carry is not a great stat, but, you know, it just encapsulates how bad he is as a runner. Right. And then you look at like Austin. And I, I don't think it's necessarily it, the offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. Right, but he's also not a good behind that yeah. line. Eckler's off, you know, averaging right around 13-14. Javante Williams, same thing, 13-14. Um, but people aren't running to sell those guys, but people are running to sell Najee Harris. Yeah, Najee Harris was like absolutely like a volume bet. And so it, the volume's taken like this, like a little bit of a downturn, and that was enough to turn him into Dave Montgomery. Yeah. Basically. It's like it's kind of a joke, but it's also kind of true. If if I will say this, if Najee has a, I'm I'm guessing if Najee struggles to put up points in this next game, the thing is too with Najee is he gets those dump offs. Like he's going to get the five for forty games where he just gets eight to ten points just off of dump off receptions. Yeah, and then maybe he gets in the end zone. But yeah. I look at this as he's probably got one game left, so it's it's value insulation. So mm-hmm. certain players have value insulation. A guy like Darnell Mooney has no value insulation because he doesn't have the pedigree. Where a guy like Najee yeah. has the value insulation, he probably requires two, three games, four games before people are like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I'm seeing Brees Hall below Najee Harris, and I'd definitely do that one for one if I needed to. But he's definitely a little bit lower, so you can probably get a little bit of a plus. I don't know. Very big on selling Najee right now. And here's... Here's the thing with values that people have to understand. Like ADP is not happening. So a lot of this is based off of trade data. Mm -hmm. And right now, the people that have Brees Hall are not selling Brees Hall. And nobody's going out and acquiring Brees Hall. So there's not a lot of trade data that will change these players up and down. And Mm -hmm. neither is the the volume. Like So Brees Hall is currently on the low end of the volume in that offense relative Mm -hmm. to Michael Carter. So Um, yeah, I think it's been moving in his favor right it's moving in his favor but he's still i think he's still below yeah he'll get there but that's also projection based 
So yeah, we can't just absolutely. assume it. You got to, I mean, obviously we're projecting it. We're expecting it. Um, we project so, everything, yeah. Right. So, but nothing about what Brees Hall has done in the first two weeks is saying, okay, yeah, this is the guy that we drafted 101, right? Right. But also it's the same thing I said. I said the same thing like on the last part about how JT, Swift, Dobbins, et cetera, all didn't start in week one and all worked it up as the season goes on, you know? Yep. Brees Hall's making plays. We know he's a, like, Say no isn't like never. We never totally know everything, but we have a very good idea from college that he is a good player, and yep. so you know, definitely continue to buy him. If anyone's looking at the points and worrying, the same way they did with Jonathan Taylor in his rookie season. So let me ask you real quick, straight up, say yes or no. Okay. Barkley. Barkley. Eckler. Najee as a market value. Okay, but uh, Mixon. Najee. Um, and don't look at market, just who you think, okay, who fine. you'd want. Najee. Okay. And then Brees. Brees. So really you'd have, and I'm guessing with Dalvin Cook, Chubb, and Henry, you'd still have Najee. Yeah, I would. And Henry's going to drop. Tough. I don't know how much he's going to drop, but I'm guessing he's going to drop quite a bit. Um, yes. So Najee really the only, you'd have him at RB7 behind Saquon and Brees Hall. And I'd probably agree with you. So mm-hmm. we're yeah, on the same tough. page. You know, a lot of these older running backs, I'm not that interested in them. Like 27, uh, 27, 28-year-olds at running back? No, thank you. Yeah, Chubb is 26. I love – dude, Chubb is, uh, I, Chubb is I the like Chubb. best running back in the NFL. Like he right, is the but best he doesn't catch passes, back. so I roster none of them. It's tough. It's a PPR world, though. Yeah, and he's – well, he's, R, he's RB1 right now. So <laughs> I think he's doing all right for himself. Um, shifting to we'll, – we'll go quick hitter on Zeke. I think we both agree. Way too low, or wait. I mean, he's honestly at this point, he's he's way too high wherever he is. I don't even. Yeah, get out while the getting out's good. Yeah, he. Yeah, no, he's he's, he's honestly washed, cooked, me, however you describe it. So, Elijah. So, who would you rather have, Elijah Mitchell or Zeke? Uh, Elijah. Josh Jacobs or Zeke, who's also on this list. Jacobs. Connor. Connor. Damn. Damian Pierce. <laughs> Man, Damian Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's how low we've sunk. Yeah. Yeah. Clyde. Clyde. No. He's Pollard. so washed. Pollard. Yeah. F- it, give me Pollard. I don't care. Miles Sanders. How far are we going to go, man? Damn. You're, you're just starting to make this hard. I'm just curious how, how low you have, Zeke. Um, man, I'm not the type to do rankings, but f- we'll say Miles Sanders, you know? It's like all these RB2s, threes are the same. Might so, well Kareem them. Hunt, Take James the one who's Robinson. not in 28 years older. Okay, 27. However, okay. 27, 28. He'll be 28 yeah. soon enough. I, you know, I tend to agree with you, but... Okay. Right now. Right Shifting, now, Zeke is... Yeah. Right I mean, now, Zeke is just not scoring points. He has six points per game right now. All, like, obviously, <laughs> we know he's splitting the carries. Yeah. It's just not a pretty sight. He's consistent though. Very consistent, like yeah. five points per game. Yeah. yeah. Um, Derrick Henry. Yeah. How do you feel? As in, so we don't know where his value is going to be because he's obviously playing no, tonight. We don't. Yeah, so and he's not I'm playing guessing, well. Unless I'm he guessing, broke off a long touchdown while we weren't watching. No, he didn't because it was they put in the backups. They I'm guessing backups. what's going to end up happening is I'm going to say he's in the AJ Dillon, Leonard Fournette, Gibson. ETN range. Okay. 
Yeah. Do you I, have I'm, I'm where where you, where would you have him in that range? Lower than all of them. So you'd have him lower than AJ Dillon, lower than Fournette, Gibson, ETN, mm-hmm. David Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Jacobs. Yeah. Connor. Um. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I yeah. really don't want See, anything to do with Derrick Henry right now. It's, I think it's tough. I get it, but he has just not been playing well at all. Twenty-eight years old. Like obviously, as we know, there's no involvement in the receiving game, and so when it when the efficiency and the volume starts to slip like this, it's just it's a slippery slope. You know, just get out. Yeah. Yep. Um. I think I disagree with how low you have him just because he's still a potential league winner. I don't know. Like I'm just as this is all this is like the opposite of what I do. And this is me being very reactionary and very um, you're putting me on the spot. But I, you know, like I I don't feel like this. I don't, I don't feel like this can go wrong. It's just it's a 28 year old running back who's not producing. Like how, how can the, how can fading him go wrong? What if you're a contender? Because. Obviously, with Derrick Henry, when we talk about these guys, we're talking about is you have a shot. Clearly, if you don't have a shot, you should be trading running backs, period. So this is yeah. from the lens of actually having a chance this year. So I will say Derrick Henry's career has always been that goal line and then the one long run Yeah, right per game. Absolutely. So he gets the goal yeah. line work. He might get a couple touchdowns. And then he breaks off like a 30-40 yarder. Mm-hmm. He'll have right? games like this this year yeah. for sure. So that not- will happen. He's not done, done. Correct. But. So I struggle because he's still going to get, dude, he's still going to get the volume. Like, even though he's not going to get receptions, he's still going to get, in a normal game script, he's going to get 15 to 20 carries. Yeah. And you just need one run outside of his goal line. Like, today, he's salvaged it with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, salvaged, he has eight points right now. <laughs> yeah. If that's salvaged, then I think it's what eight point seven or something. Eight point yeah. eight point five. Yes, it's not great. He doesn't have a catch yet on the season. Wow, I'm just looking at it right now. This is gross. It's gross. Yeah, it's not good. He'll have games for sure, but right now, looking at like the uh, like his he's always been the type of player to outkick his usage. Obviously, with the with the long plays and the goal line work like that. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at Derek Henry right now and his like, production efficiency, all that, would you even consider him top twelve right uh, in terms of running backs right now on like a week to week basis? And if you do, like, are you confident about it, or is he just like a fringe top twelve? Mm. And so when you're talking about trading for him as a contender, you want to trade for RB ones. Is he an RB one? The thing is, consistently, maybe not this year, but. His ceiling, I think, is still on a week-to-week basis. We're talking about you know weekly variance. I think his variance is still amongst the league leaders, just based on his role as a runner. Like they they the Titans like to run the ball. Like they they haven't changed their coaching staff over. They want to run the ball, and if the game mm-hmm. script lets them, they will. Yeah. So I mean, he had how many carries did he have? Eleven, twelve today. Thirteen. 13 carries in a blowout and it was a blowout basically in the second quarter. I mean yeah, it was a it was a two like, it was a two score game like late in the first I want to say. Yeah. And they took him out in the third and he still had 13 carries. 
So it's like pretty solid. You're getting yeah. you're gonna get the volume, and like I said, is the Buffalo Bills are stiff. If you expect it, the fact that he got a touchdown, I think, is a miracle against the Bills. <laughs> but if it was a one yard, it, Phillips Kyle Phillips caught that on a one yard line, and they just dove it in. I don't know. So I know, but that's that's his career. Like that's what he's done. Yeah, right. But- I don't know. It's just like plotted into the end zone. His two yeah. two yards per carry for this game. Yeah, I, I think I think it's tough. I think with him, it's at this point you kind of got to hold on to him. But with a guy like Zeke, it do makes sense to. to yeah, I don't, with, I don't with think guy like, you do. I, I think you do because nobody that you're going to the value trade, is just going to keep going down, even right. if he is putting up more points than he is today, just because of the age. The problem is you're in no man's land. You're not mm-hmm. going to get a first for him, and a second is too light. So yeah. you're stuck holding him. Whatever wide receivers, however low he falls, the wide receivers that he's next to on the trade calculator just send out mass offers for them, especially if there's contenders who think they can contend with Derrick Henry. Just start to get yeah. out. But then you're looking at it and saying, "That's the value." You're giving up. You're basically you're giving up on the season because the receivers in that range are not going to give you yeah the variance you need to to potentially win. Yeah, and that's okay. Uh, I'm fine with that. If so I'm basically, for the what value, you're telling people is if they own Henry, to give up on the season. Yes, I think I it's am. too early. In a, in a sense, I really? Think I mean, didn't you just say that earlier that when you know, you know? Yes, when you know, you know. But with a guy like Derrick Henry, he may not give you the consistent production. But when the matchups are good and the game script is good, he's still going to get you points. With a guy like it, he's kind of weeks, like he's kind of like what Zeke was a couple of years ago, where he was Zeke wasn't very good a couple of years ago, but he was still giving you points. Zeke finished as a as RB even last about year. RB thirteen, RB thirteen in twenty twenty, RB sixteen in twenty twenty one. That's not a league winner. That's not close to winning yeah, leagues. Yeah, that's so a guy who's ago. doing okay. You're not winning because of him. You're not winning in spite of him. It's just okay. If that's right, what you're if, needing to carry your teams, then just move on. You're, he's an RB2. You can stream RB2s. High RB2. So if he's RB13. Derrick, Hen- Derrick Henry is t- before our eyes turning into a dead zone RB. Yes, but dude, you, you got you to gotta understand too. It's not like you need two top 10 running backs to win your league. If you have no. a RB1 yeah, and then a high-end RB2 and you have the pieces around, it depends. Here's the thing. The way that Derrick Henry is an RB, thir- if he finishes like RB13 to 15, the way that he gets to RB13 or 15 is not a consistent, you know, points per game. It's going to be a six-pointer or a game like this, eight-pointer, and then he's going to have a 25-pointer. Right. And we always talk about this. You're big on this. You want the mm-hmm. high variance in your lineup, and that's what Derrick Henry is. Yeah. That's not what Zeke is anymore. Zeke was that two years ago where he can get you a couple scores. No, Zeke's a very consistent 5.9 points per game now. <laughs> but now, yeah, now Zeke is a consistent 5.9. I still hold out hope for Henry having that high variance. If you didn't sell him before the season, you have to hold on to him now is kind of my point. Because he still has the variance. He's just not going to give you the consistency. And I don't know. He does have, he does have a, uh, I, I get your point of high weekly upside. Um, and I was talking to my friend the other day about this, about like, it's the opposite of, when people say I want consistent players, it's like saying you want inconsistent players. Like by and large, it doesn't really matter if a player is inconsistent or consistent for your like dynasty leagues where you're playing against twelve. If you're talking about like big field tournaments, then it's a little different. But if you're talking about this, then the expected value 
that they add to your roster on a week-to-week basis is their points per game. And if he's finishing at RB 15 in points per game, that's not a difference maker. That's a dead zone RB. You can stream dead zone RBs. You can find RB 15 production from backups who start who who get st- spot starts like Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Well, agree to disagree here because he still gets you. He still gives you a. He can finish as a top three RB in any given week, where other guys cannot. Yeah, he has that potential, and he, he has a higher chance of finishing as an RB three overall in a week. A guy that's valued where the players that we're talking about than any of those other guys we're talking about. So that's why there could be justified to hang on to him because his value has dropped so much. His potential production is worth more than the flip value that you'd be getting. You're basically saying, forget forget my chance at winning, even though Derrick Henry against the Bills is where you're writing it off. So I'm giving him another couple of weeks. Now, if he goes out for the next two weeks and does nothing, then I'm gonna just going to take my Jamal Williams in a second for him. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just be done with it. And at least get my second and maybe Jamal Williams could to take over if DeAndre Swift gets hurt. Yeah. That's the world we live in right, right now. Or like a Eno Benjamin in a second. Just something that we're, if somebody gets hurt, I got a running back. Mm-hmm. Moving on, we're going to skip Josh Jacobs because who cares? No, we've talked a lot about these guys. So, yeah. You know, no one so let's try to go a little faster. Okay. CD Lamb, stock pointing straight down. Mm-hmm. Um, this is he, ironic that his stock's pointing straight down. He's done exactly what people have asked of him. He's at a 31% target share. But people have his stock down because of the offense. And I said this before the before we started recording. This is the exact opposite of the very reason that I met Izzy at the Fantasy Football Expo a year ago. Uh, before the 2021 season, after CeeDee Lamb's rookie season, we're talking about the situation and the talent. And I said that we can't project the target share to be that high, but his price is getting buoyed by a situation. Now his situation is pushing down his stock while the target share is high. Very funny. But I would be interested in buying right now because of the targets are there. And when Dak comes back, if he continues to be in this role, and it is a very good role, then you can see some legitimately great production from him. The role is very solid. And I think I think a guy like Gallup is only going to help CeeDee Lamb. Whereas, because when you're rolling out Noah Brown, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the same. So Noah Brown is outproducing CD Lamb for a reason, and it's not because Noah Brown is better than CD Lamb. So, yeah. Uh, so when we talk about CD Lamb, let me ask you a question. I put this out on Twitter. I'm curious mm-hmm. what your thoughts are. Um, where would you put CD Lamb amongst these guys right here? Mm-hmm. Devonte Adams. So kind of think about this. Out, uh, we'll, I'll give you the names again. For those listening to you, you can kind of think about this. I'll give it to you again. Adams, Hill, Lamb, Debo, Higgins, Pittman. Interesting. Um, Where would you Pittman, put him in that group? Pittman and T, highest. Um, That's tough. It's, all, it's always so tough for me to know where I want to put Adams and Hill because of the age. And Debo. Yeah, Debo the age. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think at this point, Debo versus Lamb. I would honestly, I I think I'm looking towards Lamb. Let me check how Debo's been doing. But I know that. <laughs> yeah, and you're putting on me. You're putting me on the spot, man. Okay, Debo's been doing really well. <laughs> I don't know. 
he has been doing well in usage, not in points, because he hasn't uh just hasn't gone his way yet. But same with uh C D Lamb. That's tough. I think I'd take Lamb I take Lamb after Higgins and Pidman and then above Adams and Hill, yeah. And then above Debo. The usage is really good. And it's only been two weeks, but the usage is very good. Okay. And you putting um, putting me on the spot, man. Come on. I might look back on that and regret. Yeah, how I have them is Higgins, Pittman, Lamb, Debo, Tyreek Adams. <laughs> I finally agree with Izzy on Lamb. Let's go. <laughs> After all this time. I might come to regret putting him like that, but Well, here's the thing. I never really I've never been a big Lamb guy. Like I've never been a big Lamb guy, but I looked at it and said Cooper's gonna be gone and Lamb's gonna get the target. Like he's just gonna get the targets. Um, and he has at this point, like, right. This is where, this is what we've wanted. If you looked at, if you took away, if you didn't show the production and you just showed the volume, you'd be like, oh, lambs. That's what I'm saying. That's right. Yeah. And then I do, I do expect him to end the season, not at a 30% target share. I think it ends up like 26 to 26 ish, 27. Yeah. Okay. That's reasonable. He'll have these down games where he doesn't get hyper-focused on just how it is with wide receivers pretty much okay. um but he, he's having a strong season so far let me ask you a question so we'll pivot off of a lamb dk what do you do with dk dk is a pretty strong hold right now really no one looking like rushing out to buy him unless they're very very got like got the blinders on like just focus on the name uh the usage has been fine it's been okay offense has obviously not been great and then the production hasn't been great as well um i was talking with not talking with i saw in a discord i'm in with jacob sanderson earlier i saw him talking about sending him straight up for garrett wilson and honestly i don't hate that move because Right now, Garrett Wilson's absolutely popping, and I think he has a lot higher ceiling right now. It's just because the surroundings around Metcalf are so bad. Yeah. So, well, maybe another good conversation because it kind of takes us to the next set because there's a couple guys that we're actually going to be talking mm-hmm. about in the next segment, which is the stock up. So we'll kind of blend this. So, yeah. uh, out of curiosity, the digs does do you would you rather have digs over the older guys that we mentioned, Adams or Hill? Um. No, I don't think so. They're they're in okay. the same tier. So okay. Um, now it Diggs comes is down to having a to, very good game right now. I I, be, I wonder is. where he ends up. It's probably around Adams and Hill. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, now we have kind of a grouping of these younger receivers. Mm-hmm. The guys we have on the Drake up and up. London, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, DK Metcalf, Amonra St. Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Deontay's right there. Um, and then Bateman's a little bit behind him. Yeah. But let's let's leave De- Deontay and Bateman out of this. Mm-hmm. Amonra, DK, Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Drake London. How do you have those? Uh, Amonra, Drake, Garrett, DK. Honestly, that's tough to put DK like that because he's a, we know we know the talent, but. It's just so rough over there. I think yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. And honestly, I I, I actually probably here's 
I don't know. It's hard, right? You don't want to you you don't want to underreact, but you don't want to overreact to this first couple games. But they've been they've all three of them been very good to start the season. Garrett Wilson's maximized his volume. Yeah, they all have they all have thirty percent right. right now. It, well, Amonra's getting peppered, right? So right. that's different. Garrett Wilson yes. is not getting peppered. Well, at least in week two, different than week one. I also there's a small part of me that's. I think Zach Wilson is an Eli Moore guy, and I think Garrett Wilson's a Joe Flacco guy. <laughs> Boy, I hope so. I love Elijah. For, for a couple reasons, and Elijah's in the stock down, so let's talk about this real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this. It kind of stood out to me is when Zach Wilson got hurt. Yeah. And Garrett Wilson went on record talking about how yes. Joe Flacco throws a better ball. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. And that. that's shade. That is shade. Truly. So, and Zach Wilson and Eli. They were cooking last year. Yeah. they both time. Came, yeah. There was also Joe Flacco cooking with Eli, but. Yes. Nah, Eli, Elijah, Elijah Moore is definitely, a, definitely still a good player. Two weeks isn't going to change that. He'll get his. He'll have his weeks. Sure. Yeah. So, I'm with so, you on Garrett. I, I, something tells me when Zach Wilson is healthy, I would not be surprised if this offense flipped to Elijah getting more volume than Garrett Wilson. Like that's in the range of outcomes, and I would not be shocked. So I'm a little, I'm a little iffy on where Garrett Wilson is right. Now. I think Drake London at this point, the fact that I wouldn't, Pitts has I wouldn't a be decoy iffy on. I'm on not Garrett iffy. Wilson. I'm not iffy on him. I'm iffy on him he, relative he's been, to he's these been very guys. good. He's yes, I'm very iffy good. on him like, relative his to these guys. Routes just keep going up. He's just going to continue to be. Well, it's only two weeks. Great. Right. So we got two week sample size. We got a one. We got week one, which wasn't great for Wilson, but week two was. We week one, Garrett Wilson was good on a per route basis, and the routes just keep going up, and he's continued to be great on a per route basis. And so, did he, would he play thirty? Would he play like thirty five percent of the snaps in week one or something? It was pretty low. Forty nine. Forty nine. Um, and what was this week? Sixty five or something? Sixty one. I don't have route participation except for week one. Yeah. Maybe it was, maybe the routes was thirty. I mean, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I thought something. In but the, the idea remains the 35% same. Thirty-five yeah. percent range. Yeah. So for me, it's I'm more comfortable with Amonra and Drake London ahead of them, mm-hmm. um, ahead of Garrett Wilson. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of like a little bit of a drop. Like I, I would requ- somebody would need to pay me plus with Wilson to get London or Amonra. Yes. I'm with you. So that's kind of how I feel about but it. But also, it's not that big of a plus, like a little bit. Not that, maybe not that big of a plus, but for me. But yeah, the rankings, I'd, I would have Wilson third amongst those three. Correct. So Elijah Moore, however, is below. Where's he fallen to? He's down to the Olave, Judy Olave. I guess it's kind of a, a yeah, Judy Olave, Moore, Evans, Burks, Sutton, Dotson. I'd send Sutton, Dotson, Evans for Elijah. And then I would also send Olave. But after seeing his air yards in this last game, a little bit of hesitation, but I would <laughs> do that. I would do that. Um, but yeah, I, I would be interested in buying Elijah more right now. Yeah. He's not going to be like the easiest to buy, but I, def- I definitely think you can I buy him. I think he is. I, I don't think, think like is. the because like well like he has some stands but like just saying like like 
the type of player that he's like that he was over the offseason in terms of his in terms of his hype like i don't know if people are going to be moving off of him off of two mm-hmm. games but they're also not going to be like holding on strongly the way they were before like this is my guy and i love him you can't get him for me because he's destined to break out now yeah now they might be let, like loosening their grip a little bit i think you can definitely buy him at market value and so i'd send some of those guys that are around him to go get him because i do think okay. he'll have he'll he'll have his games for sure he's still a good player same thing as like like this is like mirroring the t higgins from last year yeah yeah i i like elijah Moore. i think he's a, he's a good buy what about the other more sky yes sky is sky's just not yeah he's just not running Sky's just not running routes. He's not playing. Yeah, he's not. Right. He'll he'll get there as the season goes along. Um, like a zero in route percentage sucks. It definitely sucks. I'm not gonna like completely ignore it. But also, you know, it takes time for these round two rookies to get up there. Like, you know, yeah. we saw in the first couple of weeks, we saw guys like we saw guys like we, Jefferson was wrong, but yeah. He's always the one that people talk about. Yeah, we saw guy well, we saw guys like Pittman, T, Claypool, all not play a bunch in the first couple weeks, and then they got there. You know, we saw the same thing with guys like AJ Brown and Debo Samuel, and players like that. And then they got there in 2021. We saw the same for some of the guys we were just talking about, like like Elijah Moore. I don't know. He was really the only good round two rookie, right? So. Uh, yeah just one example from 2021 but no he'll get there for sure let me ask you with this grouping here between cooper juju kirk sky Moore, george pickens where do you have sky Moore? cooper juju kirk sky Moore, george pickens i put sky first then pickens really being patient with those two then uh kirk juju amari yeah could maybe flip juju and kirk yeah where do you I have devonta I, flip, I think i flipped juju and kirk where do you devonta have smith? devonta's at the top of that list yeah devonta yeah, smith at the top, top of that of list, list. Mm-hmm. Yep. i think he'll go up after this game too like he hasn't been like lighting the world on fire but he had more than zero catches so he should go up yeah, seven targets, seven receptions, 80 yards so far. Oh, um, nice. He's been turning yeah, it up a little so, bit. That's good. Yeah. yeah, nice. He's on the come up. He's, He's coming up. Come. Let's go. Yeah. Goddard, Smith, AJ Brown all having solid games. We love to see yeah. it. Yeah, love to see it. Jeez, Hurts over 300 yards. That's crazy. Nice. I know. Let's talk about uh, Kyle Pitts and TJ okay. Hawkinson. Let's talk about them together. Okay. Um, Pitts, obviously, the most uh, – Pitts is – easily the most disappointing player in all of dynasty this year right i mean it's not even there's not even a a close second yeah Mm -hmm. because at least with lance you get the uh he still gets to be a mystery box kind of and lance didn't have the same like oh this guy's gonna be insane yeah their adp was like people like it was different tiers you're right pitts is like a top seven eight startup pick in non-super flex like wild or uh, mm-hmm. non uh, premium, so like non just... premium, yes. In yeah, in super flex, he was like a top. Or pick. in tight and premium, he's top four pick. Yeah, one QB, he was like top four pick. It was crazy. Oh, you're talking not about crazy, not crazy. Yeah. I understand. Right, yeah, but yeah, super flex, he was going 
easily within the first round. Yeah, super. So non superflex tight end premium, he was a top three pick, maybe even one. I don't have the dead. I'm not in any. I'm not in any non superflex leagues. Yeah, me so neither. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe one, but it was with casuals, so he went in the second yeah. round. Yeah. So, anyways, so now what? We talked about this last week. Your panic meter was a one or zero. Your panic meter, I think, was a zero. Yeah. It, the coach comes out and basically says <laughs> that they're there to win games and not fantasy games. So basically Very what he's funny. telling us is that Kyle Pitts does not help them win games. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't get how that works. I don't, well, I don't I mean, think that's he's saying that. that. That's not the trans. That's not what he's saying. He's just like saying that they're trying to win games and not trying to put up fantasy points. And Wait, so if they're not trying to win games, how does Kyle Pitts not help them win games? Getting him the ball. Right. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the question, right? That's why it doesn't make any sense. Why he's blocking on so many plays? No, it doesn't make sense at all. Like him, his the way that he's like being asked to block has my panic meter at like for like a three or four right now. Like it's not good. <laughs> it's bad usage for sure. And like I don't know if it continues. Like there's a good chance it doesn't continue because he wasn't used like that at all last season. But it also could continue because. You know, if he just has been doing it so far, then maybe he could just continue to be asked to block, which is absolutely dumb. And I don't know why it's happening, but yep. And he's it still is what it is. And he's then, still tenth overall in in. Uh, and that's the thing with insulation. Certain players, we talked about this a little bit. Kyle Pitts will get a long leash. Like he'll mm-hmm. need to if he does this even through week four, he'll come down a little bit. He could do this all season. He'll still be like a top. It would be still like top three rounds yes honestly. i agree with that yep i agree with that and that's that's i mean that's what's nice about some of these investments that they have so much insulation that you can just kind of put up with it and, and wait it out mm-hmm. who doesn't have that same is is tj hawkinson yeah absolutely not so are you worried about tj hawkinson uh yes i am okay are you tj Hawkins? were you a tj hawkinson fan before this season not at all no okay uh, and then for him the usage so far has been pretty mediocre not been horrible like he has a 20 percent target share um but uh, it, it, it'll his points will catch up to his usage and he'll end up as like a mid tight end one like mm-hmm. the same way he was last year but also he's definitely running out of value insulation like last year was the year where everyone was talking about big hit targets and big jump, and he didn't do it, and then he's still floating around like the top six in rankings, but then he's been a lot, like, and a lot for a lot of people has been like closer to like seven, eight, nine than he was three, four, five the way he was the season before that, and now we're just continuing to see him slip a little bit as he's showing to not be a difference maker, and that's why I wasn't into him before. He's not a difference maker. Okay, I just, I mean. Yes, and I mean I'm I'm a little optimistic on on TJ on TJ in general, just because basically it's a supply and demand issue. The simple economics, and it's why Pitts is so highly coveted. It's just simple economics. Um, you have Pitts. I don't know. I I get what you're trying to say, but if the tight end position was eight or nine deep of guys like Kelsey and Kittle, yeah, right, you wouldn't. Have then Pitts wouldn't like be like, oh my God, we have to draft Pitts as high as he is. Yes, he'll be maybe the potential is high, like higher than those guys. But it's the problem is it's Kelsey's 33 years old. 
Kittle is oft injured and he's starting to depreciate in value. You have Mark Andrews and nothing else, right? Nobody else, like I think Mark Andrews right now is the only tight end that over the next couple of years outside of Pitts, you could say he's going to be at the top in three years or near the top, like one of the top three. And the only other player outside of Pitts and Andrews that in three years we can say he's at the top of that list is Hawkinson, just based on mm-hmm. age, draft pedigree, and and value so far. Can you? Who's the third? Th- does there have to be a third? Why can't Hawkinson just be in the sea of mid because he is mid? I, I don't think he's mid. I don't think yeah. he's mid. He's I been know. mid for his entire career. Like that's a that's the thing like about the supply and demand. If we have a demand for good difference making tight ends. Hawkinson for his entire career hasn't been a difference maker. So, but it's relative to his peers. Continued to go, yeah, and relative to his peers, he hasn't been a difference maker. He's maybe giving you one or two points above above replacement. That's not anything. Like any, like so many analysts will make content saying tight end is not is not uh, like deep at all. The tight end, there's such a big like people like make a big content about this, and I've seen this content get like hundreds of thousands of views on like TikTok and stuff like that, where people go like. The difference between tight end, tight end one and tight end three was like this amount of points, and that was the same difference between tight end four and tight end sixteen, or something like that. And people will say that and say top, top tight ends matter so much, and these mid guys you can just stream them, you can just pick them up. And T.J. Hawkinson is firmly in that, so people realize that he's just been falling more and more. And as we enter, what is it? Are we in year four of his career now? And then as we go out, go throughout the season, he continues to not be a difference maker continues to not be the alpha on his team and we go into year five of him not being a difference maker are people really going to continue putting him in that top tier or is he just going to continue to slide like hunter henry or something like that hunter henry for his entire career like he started his career with like started his career well and people were saying okay if he can take the next step he can be a difference making tight end he continued to be an okay producer solid like mid tight end one low tight end one he just continued to slide because those turn into not sexy options anymore so you're so you're not a big fan of waller and and Schultz and Goddard, those guys to you are like whatever. I'm a fan of Waller and Goddard. Why? I mean, Waller was was just one point per game difference over TJ Hawkinson last season. But Waller's had the peripherals there, and he's had, and he's in a good offense. He had a 24 percent target share last year. He's in a good offense. He can give you high production, and he's shown that before. Yeah, but 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 I think what we're doing is Waller didn't even break out till age 27. Yeah, because of drugs. So we're burying we're burying TJ Hawkinson and saying that he can't be this at 25. Yeah, Waller was a sixth rounder, former wide receiver, who was literally not on NFL teams because of substance abuse. Then he got on an NFL team and broke out. I don't think anyone saw it coming. I don't think you can project that for TJ Hawkinson at all. I don't see why not. I don't see why we can't say tight ends. I mean, this is year three for him. Right? No, this is year four for him. Right? No. Mm-hmm. Year. Year four. Wait, I'm getting my years mixed up here. Tight ends are, I'll give you, they are a little weird, but also we know who, we know who players are after multiple years of their career like this. You will find examples. You, you can find examples of guys who break out late, but it's really like a survivalship bias where you say, okay, well, this guy broke out late, but you're not thinking the guys that don't come to the forefront of your mind are the guys who don't break out late, who end up like the Hunter Henrys because you're not thinking about them. I don't know. He finished tight end. What was he? Tight end six last year. Tight end three the year before. He had 11, 12 points per game for his entire career at best. He's not a difference maker. 
And people will start to realize that and he's going to continue to slip. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see I kind of see the angle there um, with that. It kind of you basically need him to be at 15 points a game. Yeah, and he's not been close to that in his career. Yeah, I think there's enough potential there for that to happen, though. I don't know, especially in this uh, in this offense. This is this is kind of the, the way that this offense is designed right now. Through the first two weeks, looks better than with what Ben Johnson's doing is better than mm-hmm. anything we've seen from Detroit. And that's the offense that flows through Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, it does right now. No, yeah, Hawkinson's getting outfitted right now. What what is what is Hawkinson's target share? Was did you say 20%? twenty percent? Twenty. Did you not give me that's a, right. twenty? And Amon um, Ross is thirty four. <laughs> yeah, but twenty percent is is definitely you can get you can get fifteen points a game in tight end premium with a 20% market share. Uh, yeah, that's what he had last year. He had 21% target share and like 14 in tight end premium, like 11, 12 in non-tight end premium. Yeah. That's fine. So, I mean... Still not a difference maker in tight end premium. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's... The thing is, he's he's on the, the way that... I bet you could get him at a pretty decent price relative to what his potential production is because he's on the brink. I get you don't like him, but he's on the brink. Anyways, let's move on. We, 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 we're split there. Mm-hmm. Real quick, we're kind of towards the end of the show here. I'm going to ask you if you're buying these players or selling their early season production. Christian Kirk. Selling? I'm kind of buying the early season's production. Um, they paid him a lot of money. They're targeting him. and He's, He'll have his games for sure. Last game is funny. People were in my mentions because i didn't like him before the season and talking about oh look at the game he's having and he had less targets than evan ingram <laughs> yeah uh but he'll have his games for sure right now he has a 27 percent target share I'll probably end up the season at like 22 24 target share and as a wide receiver why do you say two, that wide receiver three just because of what he's done his entire career like for his entire career he's been lower than 27 percent. so you don't expect him to finish there right well i mean it's a different offense they paid him a lot of money and they want him there they want him right there. but if you have like I'm not, I don't know exactly how many games, but he's played four seasons in his career. If he has 21. four seasons, so say like 64 games of, uh, yeah. of having like 22% target share versus two games having 27%, where do you expect him to end up closer to 22? No, not the money doesn't not, change a player. The money doesn't well, turn well, Kenny does. Galladay into a superstar. It didn't work for Kenny Galladay. It didn't work for John New Smith. It didn't work for Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is probably the best one because John New and Galladay fell off, but Hunter Henry. Continue to be Hunter Henry. You know, he had sixteen percent target share. Kenny Galladay's yeah. different. I don't I don't expect Kirk to end up like Galladay, but you know, if he's like the Hunter Henry of wide receivers and he just continues to be okay, then that's fine. But I don't expect him to continue this usage and this production. Where Kirk's value is relative to where he could finish the season, he's an absolute buy at at his production number. Yeah, his is Value isn't so naive that it's just based off of his two games this season. It's still factoring in what he's been for his entire career. Yeah. I agree. So I I wouldn't be surprised if he was a 25% target share number. Maybe not 27, but I think 25 is very reasonable, which would put him in a mid to high RB2 or a wide receiver two. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a very reasonable assumption for Kirk. I'm not saying that's what I expect him to do, but I think it's it's reasonable. I think that's high in range of outcomes, but definitely in this range of outcomes. He had 25%. In he had twenty five percent his second year, so possible. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. Um, the production he's been outkicking his production, but the usage is solid. 
Yeah. And he's always been a player that's like had that kind of like gadgety role, and they're definitely making a like an effort to get him the ball. So I, I I'm buying it. I'm not buying him having 21 points per game, but I am buying uh like competing for the team lead in targets. Honestly, just because of this gadgety role, and I'm not one to like I like Terry McLaurin. And I'm not going to say, like, oh, I'm moving off of him after two games, but also the role for Curtis Samuel, they're just manufacturing uh, a good role for him. So it seems like I'm buying He's been a good player in his career. That okay. makes me buy it. Yep. Um, Rashad Bateman. Um, No, I'd be selling him, selling the, the production so far. He hasn't been... He he's been good on like a per route basis, but it's also strange that like he's coming off the field as much as he is. Yeah, I'm I'm a little you know obviously I'm Deontay Johnson, Rashad Bateman fan club president, and I tend to agree with you on Bateman. Like I don't I can't just you can't bank on two fifty plus yard touchdown receptions every week or touchdown yeah. receptions every week. Like Absolutely. it's it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like it, and until he gets and I get it, I think he had seven or eight targets last week, but yeah. We he needs to be at eight to ten consistently, and we can't. I think he had four receptions for like one hundred eight and one. And yes, it's just on the season he has a twenty one percent target share. That's like that's right where I said that he was. That's like right in his range that I said before the season. So the usage makes a lot of sense to me. It's just obviously he's had two long touchdowns in two weeks. That's not going to continue. You're looking more at a wide receiver two, wide receiver three going forward. Yeah, which is which I, I'm just okay. I'm selling the fact that I don't think that he's going to be able to do what he's currently doing through two weeks if he doesn't increase his volume. Yeah, he's in his values in like shouting distance of uh, maybe this changes throughout the week as we see like more and more reaction to the games that have passed. But his, his values in shouting distance of guys like Amon Rao, Wilson, and Drake, not like like easily shouting but i think you can add it too i think you add it too you can get those and like i'm interested in that just because the usage for those three guys is very very encouraging like those guys look like they could be legitimate difference makers in the future and bayman looks like he'll be solid but not a difference maker with the usage he's getting right now yep real quick before we wrap up the show here we have tua hertz wentz three quarterbacks stock up i mean they're they're basically all top four quarterbacks. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I posted a tweet that, that absolutely went crazy, but it was like the MVP race is he- heating up right now, and it's a picture of Tua Wins and Joe Flacco leading the lead in passing yards. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it is wild. Um, the thing with the quarterbacks, like especially with a guy like Wentz, is that so much of the production is just volume and game strip driven. He's been playing well, and he has a good cast. Um. And so at at cost, like he's he's a pretty cheap starter, and that's why I have him in some leagues. But I don't know. I'd just be like not like buying or selling the thing. I'd just be holding him like as a startable quarterback. So do you think this is a mirage or do you think this will continue? Um, I think that he will be prone to the variance that befalls most all quarterbacks who aren't top five quarterbacks in the league, but he will continue to have some weeks like this where it's just spike weeks good game scripts, good volume with good weapons. So not going to continue like this, but also no one's expecting that. So it's not like I can sell to someone who is. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I get it. 
Um, Tua, do you do you believe that Tua's the real deal? I mean, I guess the question is, do you believe Mike McDaniel's the real deal? Because that's what yeah, Tua's going to be. No, nah, his offense looks crazy. Like, the, the weapons are the real deal. That's what the real deal is. Yeah. In Waddle I mean, and Hill. I mean, it's the perfect. You have the yak. I mean, you got yak kings. Yeah. You got a guy that's kings. supremely accurate within 10 to 15 yards. <laughs> and yes, and what, what the thing is, his deep ball, like, is the deep okay. ball accuracy is going to go. Well, it's going to go up based just by default. Because the wide receivers are so good. Think, people think Tyreek, like this isn't like my area of expertise uh, giving film takes and uh, like takes like this, but it's also something that like is very obvious when you watch like just red zone. It's like people like, like uh, obviously like, casual fans going to think like, oh, Tyreek just winning because of speed. No, Tyreek's a very, you can't just win off of speed. Otherwise you see MVS and Miko Harbin be top wide receivers and they're right. not. Tyreek Hill is very good at a lot of things. And one of them is his ability to win. Uh, win like that where he's winning with speed but he's also very good at just getting the ball like that and making adjustments on the ball and making the catch and he's the the way that he did it in the games over the weekend and having those long touchdowns are very good like the weapons for Tua are very good and that, that can definitely carry him when he's yeah not a great quarterback but the weapons certainly make the offense very good the fact that they're so good in the short to intermediate and the fact that these teams have to now sell out to stop that is what's mm-hmm. creating the efficiency in the long game, like the long yeah. ball. And I think that's going to continue until you can't stop Waddle. And you, the only way you can stop them is to find guys that can keep up with them, and those don't exist. Yeah. So, like, they're just, and Mike McDaniel is so good. And we, I talked about, I don't know if I talked about it with you, but I talked about it with a lot of people. Like, the way that Tua has been utilized in his career is that just get the ball out quick and then let the guys do the work. Mm-hmm. And that's what the 49ers have done in their offense, just manufacture plays. Like Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. was... Tua is Jimmy G now. Let's go. Yeah, Tua, Tua is a higher upside Jimmy G. Yeah. Because Jimmy G is just a one-read quarterback mm-hmm. with no progressions. And Tua at least has that part into his game. He can progress from Waddle to Hill and Hill to Waddle. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and and that's where it's like it's hard to see him be a complete. Fa- Basically, what I said was like if if Tua can't be good in an offense like this, then he'll be he'll never be good in any offense. Like this is the exact yeah. offense. It's Perfect basically tailor made for what Tua is good at. Tailor made for any quarterback, any quarterback, any, it's, it's any good qu- any quarterback, quarterback with decent accuracy, right? And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see how he can not finish as a QB one with this cast with Mike McDaniel and the way this offense is run. Yeah, there will be some. He could be, picks. A, he could be a low QB one for sure, or a high QB two. There will be some picks because he makes some kind of he makes some boneheaded decisions at times, mm-hmm. but he's still a young quarterback. Um, yeah, he doesn't but, rush, so that's a bit of a downer. But it is it what is it is. You gotta take it. <laughs> So that wraps things up. Um, hopefully next week we'll have our our pod supervisor. That's right. It's not the same without Hurley. It's just not. I, I miss mean, him already. Not. It's tough. Hopefully it wasn't serious when he said he would only come back for week one. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. And I don't he hasn't even responded to my text. And I texted him That day better be good. Dude, he yes. Dude. 
Yes, yeah, so we can. Our, our, we can only imagine what's going on on that date right now. Mm-hmm. It is ten eighteen. He's got work in the morning. Still hasn't texted his boy back, which and Hurley's really good at texting. Yeah, I think he. I think he closed. Let's think go. Closed. Let's go. All right, nice. <laughs> I'm just um, so wraps up two forty three. Hopefully, I mean we filled. I mean we got a lot of players in here. So week three. Hopefully uh, we're not back at the table here talking about the same guys. Hopefully there's some <laughs> other other players that we can talk about next week. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, no final thoughts. Just vibes. Love it. Your man Akash, Izzy here. We'll catch you next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.